0: Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast.
1: I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Courtney Winship, who's the Division Chief of the Digital Services Division at the Office of Citizenship and Applicant Information Services under the U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, USCIS. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, Courtney, and thanks for joining us today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at USCIS.
2: Sure. Happy to do so. So as you mentioned, my name is Courtney and I'm with U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. So we oversee the lawful immigration and naturalization in and to the United States. So this includes any family employment or humanitarian benefits that an individual may apply for in order to enter or remain in the United States. My current role is as a digital services division chief and we oversee all of the public digital tools that we have, which includes the USCIS website, in English and Spanish, as well as websites for citizenship resources, uh, as well as e And we are also building out account services. So this is an area of the web that is secure, that allows for online transactions and other support services that allow individuals to self-service and provide a bit more personalized information. So that's my permanent role. I am in an acting role as well, where I oversee data management in our Office of Chief Data Officers.
1: Well, great. Well, I know one of the reasons why we're having you on this podcast, of course, because we're focused on artificial intelligence. And one of the patterns that we talk a lot about is one of those seven patterns of AI is this conversational pattern. And the USCIS deployed recently one of the most widely used chatbots in the federal government called Ask Emma. And I know that you know, the USCIS website is a very highly heavily trafficked website. And of course, USCIS also feels a lot of phone calls. People are definitely very enthusiastic about uh, contact regarding immigration immigration status. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with Ask Emma and what you're doing on the chatbot side, can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be? so Emma started in
2: December of 2015 and is CHS's first interactive virtual assistant. To date, she has successfully responded to more than 35 million inquiries from more than 11 million users. So we're very, very excited about that. And she has a success rate of about 93% in English and 90% in Spanish. So she has become a very useful tool for many of our applicants and the general public. I give you a sense of her usage versus some of the other things. We receive about 14 million calls per month and all of our digital tools together, we have about 25 million sessions per month. So you can see she is a highly trafficked tool that we rely on very heavily and she has grown and expanded her knowledge over the years. So right now, she has an I don't know rate uh, that hovers between 8 to 10% in English, and we're hoping to get that down even lower over our coming years and as we continue to train her. And we also see her as a great tool to collaborate with our external stakeholders as well as our internal stakeholders. So initially, she got trained with our adjudicators or our case managers who review cases and, and our contact center staff, then over time, we, we had her trained also with the public, and now she has a ton of information. And then in more recent years, we've also integrated her with live chat services. So she's continuing to build skills, and where she doesn't have skills, we are now able to transition to some live help services as well.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of inquiries every month (laughs) when you said those numbers. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, you know, I can see how a chatbot can be very useful. And now that you've had Emma for a few years, I'm sure that there's a lot that you've learned. And as you said, you continue to improve and try and get her I don't know rate up. So for other agencies that are looking to deploy chatbots and industry as well, for that matter, what lessons have you learned both good and bad from this experience that you can share with our listeners?
2: So we've obviously learned many, many lessons along the way. You know, some of the lessons that I think are important and have been really key for us are collaborating and co-creating from the outset. So working, as I mentioned, with our internal and external stakeholders to really develop a tool that is useful. It also has allowed us to think about ways in which we can leverage technology as best we can. So five years ago... How we were using chatbots was very different, and the investments we were making is very different than, than some of the technology available now. So I think allowing us to find a lot of the tools that are available right now allow for better automation and content management, and that's something that we have struggled with over the years. And I would recommend to folks that if they can consider that and consider how also how transferable a tool may be based on the technology. So trying not to lock into one solution, but really be able to use a variety of solutions to meet their needs and also how that could integrate with other efforts that they have that they've prioritized over the years.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a lot of companies, they really look at chatbots and conversational assistants of all sorts, the kinds that are built into websites, but also texting and messaging. And even now the new voice assistants on you know Alexa and Siri and Google Home and all those places in Cortana. And, you know, they may be thinking about the return on investment, right? A lot of folks are like, well, why would you use a chatbot? Well, hopefully to reduce call volume, maybe to improve customer support and service, maybe to respond to requests when you're not usually open, right? The, the offices are closed. And I think, you know, there's lots of different ways of thinking about it. And maybe that would be interesting to share from your perspective, you know, where and how you know, the chatbot in specific and maybe AI more general is having a big impact on the way that you're serving Customers and just both in terms like where are you seeing the return on investment now, but also looking towards the future. How are you looking at its future ROI and maybe ways that you're looking to expand the use of chatbots and AI in general in the next few years?
2: Yeah, the, the excellent questions. I think our biggest goal has been how to create more space for our caseworkers to focus on complex immigration issues and reviews rather than some of the more basic questions like case status or processing time that we receive on a day-to-day basis. So allow EMMA and other tools to provide that information to the public and ideally get them timely, accurate information as quickly as possible on their timeframe, right, as opposed to having to rely on when a contact center is open and allow our caseworkers to focus on the the more complex cases and where needed having to have the in-person interaction. So, I think that's where we've seen value. I mean, something I will say is upfront. We thought Emma would reduce the call volume. We didn't find that. And I think one of the things that we are looking, we've been carefully examining over the last couple of years, but particularly, I would say, in the last six to 12 months, is how do we most effectively use the channels that we have available to the public for inquiries or our customer inquiry channels, and that we may, in fact, Start to make some really tough decisions about what channels are available for what purposes and really start to nudge people into certain types of tools or resources so that they can get the best information that we have available and allow, again, our team to focus on the casework itself.
0: You know, It's interesting that you said that Emma didn't actually reduce the call volume. I guess people use her as a first line of defense and ask her certain questions, but then at the end of the day, maybe they still want that human interaction. So have you found that it's reduced call volumes for certain types of questions, or is that a goal that you're looking to have in the coming years?
2: That's a goal we are looking to have in the coming year. So right now, she provides some basic information about case status and processing times in particular, which are the areas we get the most inquiries about, as well as things like changing your address. But I think what we're trying to do is use a similar functionality that Emma has, use that in a more secure environment, authenticated environment. So whether that's on your phone and you're able to identity proof in some way in your online account where you might have already filed a benefit, we might then Start to focus our efforts on providing timely and accurate and personalized information in those environments where we already have that information about you and we can pull directly from systems, which Emma is not currently able
1: to do. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. And I know that we've been talking about one particular pattern of AI here. We've been talking about the conversational pattern in chatbots. And you know something that we spend a lot of our time talking about in our training. For those of you that are familiar, you know, at Cognitica, we run a methodology training called CPM AI, which helps organizations implement AI methodologies with best practices. And we talk about the seven patterns. So it's not just conversational, but autonomous systems, as well as pattern recognition, predictive analytics, hyper-personalization, recognition systems, and goal-driven systems systems, among others. Have you been looking at any of those other patterns? I know you you mentioned a little briefly about process automation, perhaps, or maybe even some natural language processing. Are you looking at any of those other applications of AI beyond the conversational agent here?
2: Yeah, I think the natural language processing and predictive analytics have been very heavily involved in our discussion and how we move forward, especially on the the customer service side of the house. I think, and then when you talk about process automation, whether we are very internally, I think we are focused on those types of efforts. And one of the just to put a plug in for our data management work around here, I mean, one of the reasons that I was interested in moving, spending some time of looking at data management, is because. I think the agency as a whole is really looking at how we can better prepare the agency and the data that we use or house to prepare it for better use of AI, right? And really create some opportunities for operational optimization, as we're calling it. You know, so how do we, we are kind of in the, what I would say, infancy stages, I think in government, we're probably a little ahead of the game about how do we implement better data standards and data structures. How do we monitor and improve the data quality such that we can look at our network analytics and other things that we are doing to create operational efficiency? And therefore, once we have these types of things in place, we can better leverage AI within the agency.
0: Yeah, that's great that you're thinking about that and looking at that because we always say data is the heart of AI. And if you don't have good, clean data, then you really can't do much else. So you really need to start at that foundational data layer. So it's great that, you know you're recognizing that and moving forward with that. As a final note, this was really insightful and you shared with us, you know, kind of your journey up until this point, but maybe, you know, looking into the crystal ball, where do you see the USCIS in 5, 10, even 20 years from now with how it will be implementing the seven patterns of AI and, you know, AI in general to help move the agency forward?
2: I think in 5 hopefully, even less than that, years will be very invested in having authenticated means of communicating with our applicants and their representatives, where we are able to provide very timely, accurate, trusted information based on much better data intake and our ability to manage that data internally and then process it using, Process automation and other AI to have better decision making and ideally, hopefully quicker decision-making in the future. So I think that's where we see AI helping us to do all of those things forward.
0: Yeah, that's really great. You know, this idea of hyper-personalization where you're treating each individual as an individual so that you'll start to actually know who's coming to the site, be able to authenticate, and then really help them along their journey with Emma and so that they don't need to be calling into the call center as much and you can still give them that personalized experience. So I'm sure that everybody who's using the site will appreciate that as well if you guys can get to that. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think
0: that's hopeful. And I think there's been a lot of talk also with
2: other agencies about you know, data sharing and also how do we integrate, whether it's systems or just pieces of information across the different agencies to create a more kind of whole of government approach to how we present information to individuals interacting.
0: Yeah, that's great. So we've enjoyed having you as a guest and listeners. We hope that you found a lot of value from this interview today with Courtney. We'll be continuing this conversation on a bonus episode, so make sure to go to ai and sign up to get notified when the bonus episode is released.
1: Yeah, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate your participation in sharing all these insights with us.
0: Oh, absolutely. I enjoyed the conversation and thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. And if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com.